Are you an avid listener of podcasts and are even thinking of starting your own? Have you been thinking to yourself, man, I wish there was somewhere I could learn more about how to podcast? Well, you're in luck. Saturday, May 6th is the first ever Pod Summit in Calgary, Alberta. At Pod Summit, you'll connect with other podcasters and you'll learn about how to start your own podcast. You'll learn about recording gear, audio production, content creation, and audience building. And hey, the expats will be there talking all about how to conduct outstanding interviews. Visit podsummit.com for more information and to buy your tickets. The event's early bird tickets are already sold out, but there are still regularly priced tickets available. That's podsummit.com. And now, on with the show. Byzantium is one of Europe's ancient cities. It's not the oldest, but it's up there. We know it today as Istanbul, but it's had a few different names over the years, and it has a very colorful history. It was founded in 660 BCE and then re-established in 330 CE as Constantinople, when Roman Emperor Constantine took over. He changed the capital's name to reflect its new Christian values imposed by the Romans. Many centuries later, Constantinople was sieged and taken over by Mehmed II. He dubbed it the new capital of the Ottoman Empire and Constantinople became a symbol of Islamic culture. Turkey, and Istanbul in particular, have seen more than their fair share of brutal conflicts, including the Armenian Genocide during World War I. Today, Istanbul is a modern city with deeply ancient buildings and structures still forming a large part of the landscape. Istanbul is the most populous city in Turkey with a population of about 14.6 million in the metro area. It's a place where a spate of cultures coexist, sometimes precariously. But every traveler I've spoken to about Istanbul says it's a must-experience city, and not just for the amazing cuisine, either. Join me as I find out about life for a Canadian experiencing Istanbul's confluence of cultures on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Chris Mitchell is a well-seasoned traveler who caught the bug after taking a train trip across Canada. But that was only the beginning of his adventures. I think if I have to sort of pin it down to a certain spot um, in, uh, I guess it'd be around the year 2000, or, or at least a fair bit of time ago, I did a big trip across Canada with my family. We did a... Uh, train essentially from toronto to vancouver and i think i remember one particular moment where you know they have those those bubble cars on the um on the train and i remember looking up and seeing the rocky mountains and thinking okay so the world's a lot uh, a lot more big and beautiful than toronto can be sometimes <laughs> um although i love toronto i must admit but um after that i think i just got interested in the idea of seeing as much as i possibly could i left to to study my third year university in Norway, um, and then came back, realized maybe I had a lot more to do, moved to South Korea, came back to Canada, and now I find myself sort of three years deep in Istanbul, and having seen a lot, but um, still not as satisfied, so I, I think it's probably, a, hopefully a good thing, but 
you know, I guess it's just that that sort of deep uh, deep curiosity that I, I can't fight or nor nor do I want to. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. And, and and Istanbul, I mean, that's I don't I don't want to say it's an unusual place, but it's kind of an interesting place to find yourself. Uh, what is it that drew you to Turkey? Yeah, um, another good question. I think I think you you sort of hit the nail right on the head because a lot of the time, um, let's say I'm back in Toronto for the summer. <laughs> And I meet a friend of a friend and they say, oh, what do you do in Toronto? And I say, actually, I'm living in Istanbul. And the, the immediate response is, why? <laughs> you know, um, but I think what drew us here is um, my girlfriend and I traveled to Istanbul, give or take, six years ago. Um, and really fell in love with the city. It was something, something uh, I don't know, a real deep energy here that we sort of connected to. And, and some of the sites, I think... What you can appreciate about, it, appreciate about it, especially as a Canadian, is um, you know there there are things which are you know ten times the age of our country, or at least when we were constitutionally founded. But I think um, year, fast forward years later, and we were at a teaching conference. We're both teachers, and a school from Istanbul approached us. They made us an offer, and we just said, you know what? Why not? Um, and I think. You know, despite the challenges and, and some of the stuff you see on the news, I think it's a decision we would make a hundred times over again, um, based on how we have, have lived and loved the city over the past three years. Yeah, cool. The um, you mentioned the 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 antique the ancient nature of Istanbul, and it's got this amazing history and amazing old buildings. But I, you know, and I'm I'm pretty ignorant about this stuff. But tell me about whether or not it's a modern city is, is, are there a lot of, you know, modern amenities that we take for granted here in Canada? Yeah, de definitely, definitely a modern city, um, in, in a ton of respects. Um, I think it's sort of, it's sort of a beautiful city because different areas represent, I don't know, different t time frames in some sense. You, you have an area like Sultanahmet, which is a real tourist beacon. Um, and that's where you know, the blue mosque is and the Hagia Sophia and Topkapi palace. And, you're sort of getting a window into um, a past, you know, a, a real past that that's worth cherishing for for human, you know, for, hum, for, for humanity. Um, but at the same time, after you experience that, you can step out of out of that past and into the future. And, and stay, you're staying in a, in a lovely hotel. I mean, I think Taksim uh, and Beolu and these, generally speaking, these modern areas. I, I mean, I live in a relatively sort of the, the newer part of the city as well. Um, I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can't find. I mean, there's probably little things like uh, certainly no Tim Hortons over here and like that. Um, and I think, I think, but I think, you know, there are some things, for example, I mean, Toronto's metro line isn't particularly uh, world-renowned. So there are plenty of things which are, you know, far, which Istanbul far surpasses. I think the metro system um, is, is, is considerably more developed um, so I think to, to answer your question, I think um, Istanbul, I think, is modern in the right ways and, and also historic in, in, in the ways that truly matter. That's uh, that's interesting because I, I, I'm from Edmonton and Edmontonians like to rip down old buildings and put new, uh, lesser ones in their place, if I may say. So mm -hmm. the idea of living in a city that is so steeped in its own history, but, you know, has also grown into this this modern uh, modern metropolis is really fascinating to me. Um, it, the neat thing about Istanbul and Turkey is that they're, it's sort of like the land bridge between Eastern Europe and Asia, 
Um, tell me about the mix of people in Istanbul. Is it very multicultural? And for a Canadian, was it easy to sort of get used to all the different people that live there? Again, you seem to have done a bit of research. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you're absolutely right. There's, it's a great confluence of, of cultures. Um, I think it's interesting from a Canadian perspective or from a Torontonian perspective because um, being from Toronto, I think there's a real beautiful diversity in our city and something um, that you know, I'm pretty pretty proud to be from there because I think we do a good job in, in Canada in general about, about appreciating multiculturalism. At the same time, it's interesting in Istanbul because there's this great, it's, I think this sort of, I'm trying to think of how I can appropriately say this, they sort of can harken back to a, to a deep history of, of what it means to be Turkish in, in this city. So I think that really shines through in a lot of ways. I mean, I think that Ottoman heritage and things like that, it's sort of like, it's sort of like all of these people um, in Istanbul, sort of, you know, you're visiting this, this sort of momentous historical Turkish stronghold, so to speak. Whereas in Toronto, it's more like, it's more like a, it, it's a place where all these cultures can meet and redefine themselves. Whereas in Turkey, it's like you're coming to Istanbul to, to experience yourself, but you know where you're experiencing it. And so for me as a Canadian to come here, um, I'll say that um, I've lived in a number of cities around the world now. And I think Istanbul, I would not say is the easiest city to, to find your way into. Mm-hmm. And yet it's one of the hardest places to want to leave from. That's a very interesting tension. What are what are some of the things that make it uh, uh, challenging culturally? Like, did you experience any kind of culture shock when you arrived in uh, in Istanbul? Yeah, sure. Um, as you do with any city, I think to some extent. But yeah, for sure in Istanbul, um, I think it's it can be sometimes just the little things. I think there's a lot of bureaucratic um, hoops that you need to jump through, um, and things don't necessarily run as smoothly as they, as they could. It's sort of this interesting dichotomy because um, things can take longer to get done, but the rules aren't so rigid as well. There's, there's a ton of gray area. So if you really need something done, um, sometimes in Canada, the answer is no, but in Istanbul, the answer is no. And until the person starts to like you enough, you know? <laughs> um, and so I think, I think, um, it also, I mean, it gets easier, of course. I mean, I, I, I certainly not fluent in Turkish, but my Turkish is pretty good. I, I could certainly go, go be out in the city and not speak a, a lick of English if, um, if needed be. Um, and so I think there's also this really deep appreciation um, for expats who are here trying to learn the language and trying to actually dive into the culture. Um, whereas maybe in North America, it's more like somebody would, would might move and, and then sort of the expectation is that you, you should know English. Whereas here, people are appreciating the, that there is a process to, to come to the city and that you're, you're taking the time to actually and appropriately even though you speak english which has become you know a predominant language around the world obviously uh, they appreciate you trying to to speak their language and i think of course that's sort of a metaphor right you know you're trying to speak their language literally but it's sort of sort of spins itself into actually trying to come to enjoy the city on their terms as well as your own that's interesting so there's a there's a respect for for people for just giving it the old college try it sounds like definitely yeah 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 for sure i i think um i mean i there's a number of people who come here and and, and don't dive into the, into the culture necessarily in, in that way i think i can't count the number of times where i've benefited from 
from speaking enough Turkish to be able to engage um, with the communities around me. And I think both um, my girlfriend and I, we live in um, an area, it's not, it's near to Taksim, so it's in the modern center, but it's actually quite a blue collar area. Um, and, you know, it's wonderful to be able to walk down the street and have people come out of the, the stores and wave to you and sort of, you know, I have a barber who I, uh, who I adore. And, uh, you know, we he, little things like um, it seems like every time I go back to him and he, he knows that we can speak more in Turkish, that he's he's giving me, uh, you know, an extra Turkish coffee or uh, putting on the making sure that the chai, some, some tea is ready for, for me. Or <laughs> last time he gave me some... Um, some how do I say? It? I'm thinking the word. It's kırmızı biber, so it's like red, red, uh, red chili flakes, sort of that you can put on uh, meats and things like that. So little things like that go a long way, for sure. No kidding. Now um, t- you mentioned Turkish coffee. You you are in this very interesting part of the world. Tell me about the food. Are you guys eating really well? Because I feel like there's like a buffet of different uh, culinary styles to sample there. Yeah, yeah, definitely eating very well. Um, <laughs> I think what's great about t- Turkish cuisine is it's so deep. And I think, um, I mean that in the sense of, you know, we're c- coming on three, give or take three years here, two and a half, three years here, and still plenty to explore. So it's, it's, it's great in that way. You have basic stuff. So, you know, if you have friends who come to visit who are particularly picky, I mean, you can make sure they just get a, a chicken durum after um, – a few beers here or whatnot, <laughs> and they'll be perfectly satisfied. But for the people who are um, have a little bit more of an eclectic palate, there's just it, it's a very deep cuisine. I think you know we I eat a, a lot of Turkish food, and and there's I really appreciate it. I, I I think the other thing is when I'm speaking to Turks here about about their food and and sort of understand more about um, you know, just the customs around it and things like that. You start to realize, they, 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 of course, the obvious question is, and so, yeah, what, what about what about Canadian cuisine? And you sort of, you sort of have to pause, right, and say, like, well, it's dependent because there's definitely there's definitely a um, there is a sort of Turkish or a Canadian sort of cuisine in the sense of like Thanksgiving at home. Certainly, I mean, that's that's Canadian enough, right? I think of stuffing in Turkey and stuff. Maybe you'd argue it's American, but I think it's not the same as uh, Turkey, which has like you, you could make a menu for someone for a month and every lunch, dinner, and breakfast would be different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In Canada, you're sort of confronted with this. Uh, I can't decide if, if Canadian food is all of the great sort of cuisine I have from the cultures around the world in Toronto or or if it's as simple as um, a good bagel from Tim Hortons or whether <laughs> it's... Do you know what I mean? It's sort of difficult to pinpoint what Canadian... Or, or, like, or is it as simple as... as as poutine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, although I'd like to think it's sort of that, it's our access to fresh produce and it's it's lobster and uh, on the east east coast and stuff like that but um it's not quite as defined yeah it's definitely hard to put uh to put your finger on what makes canadian cuisine canadian and i really hope that it's not tim hortons because uh yes that's not the pinnacle that's for sure no no it's not it's not the pinnacle but it's strangely comforting to to see the uh the red sign when you when you head back (laughs) to the homeland i don't know (laughs) i can imagine um, you know, have you and your and your partner had much opportunity to travel around some of the areas around Turkey and Eastern Europe and even in Asia? Yeah, um, we definitely have, and, and lucky to do so. Um, that would be one of the 
the really truly great aspects of living in Istanbul is it's you know as you mentioned the cultures sort of have all come here and left their mark but that's because of its proximity to so many other nations um and so we've been i think since we've been here we've been to you know close relatively close around like you know bulgaria and cyprus and um even further into 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 europe like slovenia and italy um we've also had the opportunity to travel sort of just almost straight south from here and go to south africa last year and uh the year before we had a a two-week break around January and went and visited my brother in, uh, in Australia. So we've, we've done a, a good number around the, around the region um, and plenty of, plenty of other countries that we'll be looking to, to, to visit before we um, take off. But I, I, the other thing is, too, we've done a lot of traveling within Turkey, mm-hmm. um, which has been incredible. And you realize that um, a lot of the sites you're going to see in, in Turkey, you know, like for example, some of the seaside places like Bodrum or Alacat or Cheshme, these are these are towns um, along the coast which compete with with anything you'll see in Greece. And then you have things that you couldn't see anywhere else, like Cappadocia, which is where you see those sort of famous ferry chimneys and the um, the hot air balloons rising up into the sky over these just incredible moon-like um, geographical sort of structures. It, it's just what I will say is I've I've never been. I've never taken a trip in Turkey and been disappointed, um, but at the same time, I've been we've been totally blessed to explore um, in the surrounding you know countries that aren't named Turkey, which which aren't too far away, and and really nothing's too far away is is at least how we're looking at. It. Maybe in our bank accounts, but we're looking at it that way for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I I have to imagine that you're also you've also gotten used to a certain type of weather. You know, Canada being. I mean, we've got beautiful summers for sure, and like Toronto summers are hot and and moist, and but uh, but you're like you're right on the the Black Sea. Um, so tell me a little bit about the weather. You, you you have you adapted as a Canadian to a, a Mediterranean climate? Yeah, I mean, it, it does get pretty cool actually in the wintertime, but obviously, um, <laughs> obviously, it's spoken prior about how it's three deg- three degrees right now and uh, minus. God knows what in Edmonton, so I can't really say that. Um, but you, you know what? We definitely have gotten used to that. It's one of my greatest concerns about going back to to Canada is that we regularly joke around uh, that we're, you know, we're becoming soft as butter. You know, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back, um, and the first sort of first snowfall is gonna happen. We're gonna go, oh my God, it's cold, and they're gonna be like, well, this is just fall. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's definitely. It's definitely real. It's definitely a real concern. <laughs> yeah. Um, you did mention uh, a potential to come back to Canada. What What is the plan for you for you both? I think that's a little bit up in the air right now. Um, as far as it stands, sort of right now, if you had to, if you if sort of forced me to answer the question, I think we'd be spending the rest of the year here um, and, and completing a teaching contract, and then we'd look to do some traveling in the summer, and then um, perhaps head back to Toronto. And as far as uh, what a life in Toronto would look like, it's a good question. I also know that um, the idea of being home is really is really great. We have plenty of friends who are getting married in the near future, and, and it's, it's a really exciting time. But it's entirely possible that we'd head back to Toronto and then uh, get a little stir crazy and head off again. I, I think that's one of the great things about um, the teaching profession, especially 
sort of we were forced in this position based on how, um, especially Toronto and Ontario at large, there's not a lot of teaching jobs available. So I don't, we were happy to be put in this position, but I think that's one thing. Uh, it's it's quite transferable. Even if Ontario teachers aren't desi- desired in Ontario, they are around the world. So and I think it goes for Canadian teachers at large. Um, so it's it's. I can't say I'm I'm really actually excited about the future. I think um, uncertainty uh, can can be a beautiful thing at times. Oh, definitely. It's funny you mentioned you know uh, that uh, that Canadian teachers are well regarded around the world. I think there's a maybe at times a bit of a conceit that we we feel that Canadians generally are well regarded around the world. What has your experience been uh, from the Turkish people? Do when you tell them you're from Canada, are they fascinated? Do they, are they disinterested? Are they like, oh, great, you're going to be super polite? Like, what's the reaction? <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually, it's interesting. Um, I would say, I mean, been abroad, I, I give or take for, you know, more, give or take for five, six, seven years, a, a long time now, um, on and off. And, and uh, at first, it didn't seem like anyone knew much much about Canada other than the fact that we were supposedly polite, but the reputation was always good. Um, I felt as if three years ago when I moved here, you know, I was less proud to be a Canadian in some sense because of uh, the way I felt like our politics were headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's been a, just a massive resurgence, I think, among Canadians feeling proud of who they are. Um, and I think... Also, the world at large, I mean, I've never had the experience. It's just in the past 18 months that people have come up to me and been able to speak in any way about who our prime minister was. So, you know, it's it's interesting because he's now got this reputation as a, you know, as a, a, I don't know, I guess a sort of beacon around the world of of liberalism. Um, So it's, it's been very interesting, especially, you know, in Turkey, I think. Uh, many of the f- female friends I have are, are interested in his looks, <laughs> but I think, but I think, I think um, it's just been really interesting because it's been extraordinarily positive. Um, and I will say, uh, it's very humbling to be a Canadian abroad. I think for for me at least to remember, um, you know, what our country is made up of and what we continue, need to continue to strive to be. And so I, I've always been proud to be Canadian, and I think. It's just very humbling when people agree with that. And that's been my overwhelming experience, especially recently. That's great. Now, uh, if if there's other folks out there listening who are thinking about maybe embarking upon their first expat experience, is there any advice that you would give to those people? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'd, give, I'd give a lot. Um, <laughs> but if there's sort of one piece of advice, I think just it would be just do it. Um, and I don't want to take that from Nike's book, but I think it's just... I think it's just about, um, I think there's, there are so many roadblocks and impediments that you can find to tell yourself that it's not a good decision to make. But I think life is far too short to say, I'm going to live in one place my whole life. As, of course, that's my opinion. I think I would never want to, to say to somebody who's chosen to live their whole life in, in any place um, that it's a good or a bad thing. I think everyone should do what makes them happy. But I do think if you're one of those people that's considering traveling and, and living somewhere else, it's a really enriching experience. You'll come back or not, um, you know, a much more interesting person. Um, and I also think if you think about it from this grand scale of things, you know, what's the worst case scenario? You, you move somewhere for a year or two 
um, and you figure out what you like about your your homeland. You know what I mean? Like you you live somewhere else for a year and it's not good. It's probably because there are things about your homeland that you realize you can't live without. And so even if you don't love it abroad, you're finding a richer experience for yourself when you return, anyways. Um, so I think that's that's the advice I would give. Is just go and see what happens. I mean, I, there's there's really more to lose by not hopping on that plane than by you know, looking 20 years later at the photos of the country you're potentially going to go to and realizing you have none with your name on it. That concludes this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself, and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. You can find The Expats on Twitter at Expats Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash expatspodcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to The Expats on the iTunes Music Store, TuneIn Radio, or wherever podcasts are available. And please make sure you leave us a review. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks.